0: Welcome to the Growth Mentor Podcast, first episode of 2023. And today we have with us Karim Gargoum, who is a growth and product leader with a proven track record of developing and launching new products for innovative startups such as Thriva, Bayer, Novartis, and the NHS. Karim, welcome. I'm excited to talk to you uh, about growth strategies. So let's cut to the taste. Would you share with us something that we don't know about startup growth and growth strategies?
1: Thank you so much uh, for inviting me. And yeah, look, I, I don't know if it's something that people do know or don't know, but I think it's something to be very, very well aware of in that with growth, a lot of times we're kind of coming into the picture after the product market fit is there. And I think you really have to start with a strong foundation and make sure that the initial customers that you're working with are viable, and, and as the startup goes through its different sort of stages, you know, you might start with friends and family, colleagues, co-workers, and you know, they might say, "Hey, that's a great idea. We'd love to use it." But are they really a viable sort of market for your product? And you have to kind of keep looking at that equation as your as your business grows. So, I think always having the humility and the uh, sort of uh, approach of looking at that initial sort of foundation is really, really critical. From from what I've experienced.
0: Thanks uh, for sharing. It sounded like a big takeaway from uh, your career. So if we could generalize generalize a little bit, what what mistakes do you see startups doing when dealing with growth and growth strategies in the domain you have been dealing with?
1: Yeah, you know, I think there's kind of one thing that I've been really thinking about a lot lately, and it's sort of, you know, where do sort of clever tactics or let's say hacks uh, work in relation to kind of authentic connection with the the challenges and problems you're trying to solve for your customer, uh, or your customer group, or your audience. Right. So I think ultimately you can win if you are genuinely solving that pain point, genuinely solving that problem. And it's always great to know like some hacks and some tricks and use the cool latest tools, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but it's not going to get you there alone if you don't have that very authentic foundation below that. Um, that you can sort of refer back to. So I think that's really something that I find people like saying, oh, what's the trick? What's the hack? How can we do this? You know, what's the keywords that we can find? But what, but they haven't really thought clearly about, does their product really meet the needs of their customers? And again, that sort of ties into the first question quite a bit as well. So given that you know this, what is your approach?
0: How, how do you build a startup growth strategy?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I think I think it's difficult, right? Because if you look at a startup in the different stages of its life, let's say, I still find, you know, friends and, and, and colleagues or ex colleagues from the startup community in particular, um, who are like, "Hey, I'm thinking about something in this area, or I want to launch a product in this area," I, and I always have to wonder, like, how much validation have they done around that idea? Is it something that they, you know, they're very convinced of themselves? And so you almost. You almost have to start at the very beginning by being humble and and really trying to test the idea. You know, we've we've seen people speak about you know uh, launching kind of fake doors, testing your your product, your service, getting ads through, just seeing if people will kind of sign up to to sort of register for for notification or or purchase, uh, even if you don't have anything ready yet. But I think you really do have to be quite disciplined about testing the real appeal of your product firstly before you kind of get into those next stages. And then once you have that, it's like a virtuous cycle. You know, you see that you've met the product need and then you can start to improve on how you grow that product. And that is more about messaging, about the channels, about the channel product and, and, and market fit. So I think that's the kind of approach that, uh, I think we should all be looking at as we as we sort of try to grow our businesses.
0: As far as I understand, you have worked both with product and with growth. So how yeah. do you align these two domains?
1: I look, I think it's so critical. I mean, I, I you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit older. So when I started working in digital marketing about 20 years ago now, it was very different, very separated. You know, you would kind of be brought a product or a service and say, hey, look, this is what we sell go and market it right and the world has changed the, the world has evolved a lot since then and nowadays for us to really build in those kind of virtuous growth cycles we need to understand like what is a product doing you know what's the onboarding experience um what's the sort of uh utilization you know how frequently are people engaging with a product and all of those create opportunities and also risks for us to both gain and lose momentum on the growth side, you know, we can lose retention, or we can maybe, you know, uh, gain sort of uh, additional value from a customer over their lifetime, or we can generate referrals or, or other kind of positive elements for us. So it's really just critical looking at sort of how does the product enable those growth cycles and, and support it, and it means for a really uh, close relationship between those two areas of the business in particular. I think.
0: And do you? bring content marketing in this mix? Because I I, note, I noticed that uh, this uh, was quite a note in, on your profile. So h- how does content marketing come in this uh, mix?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I think content marketing is a great tool to focus the mind around um, how your product or services solve the underlying problems. Again, you know, you're noticing a bit of a theme here in what I'm saying, because I, I do truly believe in kind of an authentic approach to, to marketing and growth rather than sort of a, a gimmicky or sort of, you know, a uh, uh, false approach, you know, like getting that content marketing right means really understanding the the stories and the problems of your customers and speaking to them in an informative and honest and useful way. So I think you can use that as a tool to get different parts of the business aligned, you know, like we're creating this piece of content, does it align with our beliefs as a business, you know, and you can kind of look at it across product and growth, but also across you know other parts of the business sales, uh, the general leadership, the founders, the co-founders, the, the CEO, et cetera. So I think content marketing really works as, as a strong tool from that perspective, almost as kind of brand building, as well as helping customers through the purchasing cycle as well. So it's a strong tool for authenticity within a brand and within a within a business and, and your startup.
0: Yeah. So Karim, going back to your approach, could we wrap up all the things you mentioned and elaborate a little more on how you do all this?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think in terms of the approach that I've used, uh, you know, uh, and that's been effective and that I've seen other people use, I think it is, especially at those early stages of a, of a new business, getting really close alignment between, you know, what's the mission of the business, what's the value proposition of the product or service you have, and then how do you layer the growth strategy on top of that, you know? So um, the, the, for, for effective growth, especially for like, let's say, the acquisition side or the, the kind of outbound side of, of the growth, uh, as opposed to, let's say, kind of, uh, developing the customer after they've kind of come in through the door and been onboarded and become a client, you really need to have that fuel and that framework of like, you know, who are we as a business? What are we solving? Who are our customers? Having that agreement and clarity so that, uh, you know, I've seen some people get frustrated when they're trying to develop growth strategies and they maybe have an idea and the rest of the people in the business are like, well, I don't know if that approach would really work for me or not. Having agreement on the type of customer profile means that you can say, well, it doesn't matter if it doesn't work for you. We all agree that this was our type of customer, and we need to see if it works for them. And those are the kind of interesting tools that you start to be able to use. And it's a lot of the stuff that product teams have been using over a longer period of time, you know, user research, understanding the kind of you know pain points of the user, but leveraging that for growth as well to build a really strong foundation. So I think that's the thing that I've really spent a lot of time trying to understand, you know, in the past, I've been lucky enough to work across product and growth teams. And that's always been the common denominator, you know, working really closely with potential customers and users, understanding their pain points very clearly and using that as a kind of resource across the business, because it it tends to be very interesting to both people on the growth or marketing side, as well as people on the product, uh, engineering side, sales, the general kind of management of the business to all sort of understand the the real voice and the pain points of the customer. So I think having that as a key piece is something that I've uh, I've experienced to be very successful and I think um, it still needs to be done properly and needs to be taken very seriously uh, if you want to develop a successful strategy. I think.
0: Thanks for uh, getting into so many details. So last question for today. Are there any tools you recommend for any specific activities out of those?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And, and you know, i don't know if my answer is going to be very useful here but but i tend to sort of i guess i've found over a longer period of time where i've been looking at sort of marketing growth is that the tools tend to change you know tend to fall out of fashion new tools come old tools fade away um but a lot of times where i found the most value is kind of understanding what do you want from the tools how do you make the tools work for you and sometimes you know uh it's very effective to just take some numbers put them in an excel spreadsheet and Really get into this sort of nitty gritty of those numbers and understand them, as it might be to use a really fancy new tool that can kind of extrapolate, you know, data for you and, and draw sort of you know different sort of uh, automated conclusions. So I think. For me, I've always been somebody who's more about the kind of approach to the tools rather than the tools themselves because I've seen them change and adapt over, over time. And I, I think you know, there's always new cool tools out there, and, and I think we're going to be seeing more and more coming in the future with the sort of rise of AI. But I think having the, the ability to understand what you want from the tool and also being able to do some of your own number crunching in the background with a simple tool like Excel so you feel that you have the real confidence and fluency in those numbers is really, really important.
0: Karim, thank you very much for taking the time to share all these insights with us. And I hope that you enjoyed the episode and that our listeners will learn as many things as I did. Absolutely. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you.